Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the East Coast Basement NASCAR edition of Stack and Pennies. We're going to talk all things L.A. Clash. Uh, reporting from you from the B-Main because I, again, did not make the show. We'll dig into that, why we sucked so much again. Dig into Martin Truex Jr. Going from the outhouse to the penthouse to start the year. Solid dub for that 19 team. RCR rounding out the silver and bronze medals. Talk a little bit about that and some bent fenders and some bent feelings. All here today on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. We are back to our home base, somewhat adjusted to some East Coast time. The stomach bug is running rampant through the LaJoy house. Knock on wood, it hasn't got me yet, but everybody else is down. Down, 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 Chuck. Down into my belly. I had that one a couple weeks ago. It's not fun. Yeesh. We almost went down with Uh, too many churros, bro. Oh, my goodness, bro. <laughs> I was We were in bad shape. So we recorded the podcast, had a race service, had a great time with Alvin Kamara, great time with Matt Farah. They had some banging tacos, and they had this homemade, made-in-front-of-you churros section. And they were unbelievable. Cool. They were the best churros I've ever ate, all 12 of them. Start, let me – do you want to introduce everybody before we just jump right Chuck, in? Chuck, Ryan, and John. We, we get in the car. We get there. I get there a little bit earlier. Corey gets there. He's like, hey, let's go to this taco place, best taco place, and third best taco place on Yelp. It's a truck on the side of the it's road. It's a trailer. So then he's like, he's like, the line was on. He's like, all right, let's just walk over to this place. So then we eat carne asada tacos and enchiladas. We, we eat too much there. Then we go to race service, do the podcast, and they have tacos, tacos more carne asada tacos. And then they give you four churros in a little thing. We ate three of them, so – Three baskets of yeah, that. three yeah, baskets. Yeah. Um, we looked like the like the Sandlot when they ride the when they all <laughs> they all dip like the first dip time. When him and I and the Uber were like, bro, we were gonna puke. Not good. They got a nice little deal out there at race yeah, service. It was cool. It was fun. I can tell you what wasn't fun. Being on the racetrack because we sucked again. Both Spire Motorsports cars went to the house. We were in the air. Uh, we watched actually the end of it at the fuel stop somewhere in Oklahoma. So that's not. Where you wanted to, that's not where you want to watch it, Chuck. Well, what handled better, the pace car or your race car? About the same. Oh, uh, no. so we got there on Friday. My so my my race car actually handled kind of okay. It was a little bit, and we were off in our braking system, I believe. That what, makes sense because watching practice, it looked like you'd either overdriving it or missing it, or it looked like the car didn't know where it wanted to go on the brakes. I'd either lock the left front tire up if I had too much front, and if I had a good balance, I'd lock the right rear tire up. There was no balance. It was either locking the left front up, locking the right rear up. Uh, both of which, not ideal when you're on a quarter-mile track using a lot of brake. So we struggled with that, struggled with the handle, and just uh, weren't good enough. So it didn't hurt as bad as it did last year, though. I don't know why. Just because I, I don't know. Well, last year you went there, new car. Yeah. Same for everybody. Yeah. You're also out there a lot longer, so I'm sure you You missed it. No, this year I think you had kind of expect. There were no real surprises. No. People that you thought were going to go home went home. The people who you thought were going to run good ran good. I think Priest was maybe a surprise, and Bubba ran like the Toyotas had a good package. I so. think I didn't, and I still didn't put enough like weight and equity into even the track being that small. 
dude, your car is a lot of it. Dude, I mean, that you can't hide there. You can't hide there. Like you can't make more forward drive. You can't change. Like you can change your driving technique slightly, but whatever your car's got and whatever it's given you, that's what it is. Like if your is slow and drives bad, you can't carry it. One, because everybody else gets paid a lot of money to carry whatever they've got too. You got guys making millions of dollars driving the same things that you're driving with the better setup. You just can't. We can't offset it. So I was walking into the garage on Sun Sunday before the heat races. Ricky Stenhouse was walking out, and I was like, "You gonna get it done today, buddy?" I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like my my heat race is hard. I'm like, all of them are hard. You like, had a tough heat race though. I had a tough heat race. I had Ty Gibbs. I had a couple other guys. I think like, but I was talking to Ricky, and he's like, "Yeah, I was looking at this one. It's hard. Now I'm, I'm like, hey, buddy, we all get paid a lot of money, and there's no." more slouches in the garage. I mean, there's no. a couple teams that maybe aren't hitting on the setups as much, but like Cody Ware will come in there and smoke you and he'll, you know, he'll come in there and, and run in front of you and not be terrible. Like nobody's a slouch. And I was sitting there talking to, to, to him and I was like, you know what? It just hit me. When people are looking at the rundowns, we're the slouches. <laughs> me and Ricky are the slouches. Like they're looking, oh, shit, we got LaJoy in our heat. He's a, like, he's a easy one, which is like probably true, but I don't feel like I'm a slouch. Don't feel like I've showed them a slouch, but comparatively, that goes to show like everybody can get the job done, no matter what it is. So that's uh, when you're only taking 27 and there's 36 cars, there's going to be some car, decent cars that go home. The shorter the lap, the the more small details. Like if you lose a hundredth there, it's way more than losing a hundredth at Coda. Yeah. Like you can you can tell. it's It was noticeable. I sat up, actually sat next to Jeff Burton and watched all the practices just from like that way top like deck thing there and you could tell like it was noticeable that the 19 was good the three car was good the the 41 was good you could the 23 could fire off like you could see it magnified and the guys that were bad it was like ooh, ooh, man yeah so mr again just a little bit which wasn't enough but the race itself put on a pretty good show looked like from a little bit i watched some of the highlights i saw up to the end it looks like it was interesting because the people who got spun out were mad at the guy who, like, got into directly in their bumper, but they should have been mad at the guy six cars back because when somebody would try to blend in line, it would just be like a slide hammer, and there's just, like, no room to go. It's like, do, 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 one guy's around. On the broadcast, they likened it to croquet. Yeah. You hit the ball in the, like, the ball in the back hits the one in the middle, and then the front one goes. Yeah. So it's like that's what happened several times is the third car in line was the one that got into this guy that then yeah. sends the other guy spinning. Yeah, like like Harvick in the heat race. Yeah. You know, the old savvy vet just waiting back there for Ricky and, and Chase to move out of the way. That was a hell of a finish. Did you see, though, he wasn't going to make it, and he spun – I don't know who he spun out, but he spun somebody out. So classic, Cedric, I think. Classic Harvick. Hey, if we're not going to be good, we're going to cause chaos. Yeah. And he got himself he got in. Him, got him in the show. Needed the caution, then you go back and get the get the move there. Too. See, my question is, I wonder, those withdrawals you pull from the account, you know, when you or spin somebody out to make the show or in a heat race at, at L.A., like, does that come back at Richmond? You think? Does that come back at Martinsville? <laughs> you think Bubba's got, uh, got that three car in his crosshairs? He is not going to give that three car. They're buddies, too. Hmm. Nobody's buddies. Well, you know, they have a history. Yeah, well, they might play basketball at Denny's together, but they're like, nobody's. Corey sit- and Bubba are buddies, and he wrecked him at Phoenix, and they didn't talk all offseason. Didn't talk four months. Texted him, nothing. Then he came on here Where? and said he watched a text him from the plane and just yeah, <laughs> delete. Yeah, so that's what buddies are in NASCAR, just so, just so you guys know. 
What else? That, that what? deal, though, with the three and the 23, it was going to be whoever got behind who was shipping the other one because yeah. they were running all over each other. Yeah. And that was just the end of the race. They were over it. What what bums me out Gotta is like go. the back 10 cars that just kept wrecking. The back eight or whatever it was. It's like, all right. Can man, I give you all my idea? They got shot down. It went to the top of the heap. And I'm not going to say you shot it down, but it was nobody at this building. It was somebody <laughs> that puts it on TV. My idea for the clash is this. You start with whatever the number is, 27. Every 25 laps, you cut the bottom four cars or five cars. That way you've got people to watch for the transfer spot, but but the end, the last 50 laps, you've got 10 guys yeah. with all the focus on. And you don't have the riffraff spinning each other out in the end. you got 10 guys going for broke for 50 laps. Well, and I think I like that. that could be interesting because the heat races, in my opinion, there was a lot more – action going on with those because there were smaller cars. Yeah. Flip side of that is like... The cars sh- with the same size truck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing out. Smaller, smaller car counts. I'm still <laughs> suffering from, I don't know, my brain. Jet lag? Yeah, it's that or just idiocy. Chuck ran into that Willy Wonka yeah. thing, shrunk yeah. down a little bit. But at the beginning of the main, seeing all of the cars on the track is badass. But towards the end, like the ending of the heat races was entertaining nine yeah. times out of ten yeah so so that, i think that, that would might be, be something. if we go back and it's still an exhibition race i would like to see some sort of a chop 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 that's i don't, I don't make the rules or what you said two spins and like yeah the if, old three spin rule yeah. now because it wasn't really the same guy all the time it was just like the same cluster what yeah. if what and, if you did like a well you eliminate the lap cars where there's no lucky dog at the clash and nobody really got lap because there's no. cautions quick enough but right. but they're like to to your point with it being like a like a sledgehammer or like a slide hammer, if you're four cars back and you're driving off the guy in front of you and the guy five cars ahead of you parks the dude in front of him and everybody just stacks up, it you can't what we're watching on TV and we're seeing like, oh, Ross drove in from five cars back and pushed can't, him. You, you can't, can't see. see that in the car. No. So it wasn't like malicious. It was just a it was just literally like a traffic jam when four cars rear end each other on seventy seven. Yeah. I mean, it's you just can't see because the spoilers are high and you can't like the roof lines low, and you're also you're not trying to give up any space because you, the feet, the actual real estate is so hard to get to roll up to somebody. Like if you can get to their bumper in the middle of the corner, you just give them a shot just to stay on their bumper. Um, and when everybody it, jams like that, the energy goes through eventually just through one car and it gets spun around. Yeah, right. I and mean, there's nowhere to go. Um, I did want to hit on before we get too far down LA Clash stuff. Gave a Matt, uh, pace car ride to Matt Liner. Big fan of him growing up. Two-time national champion at USC. Quarterback. Uh, him and his family were there. That was pretty cool. His wife was screaming in the back seat. Uh, freaking out. He's like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. He's a professional. And then the next guy I gave a ride to, the guy that manages the whole Coliseum, we're just talking at like 40 miles an hour. How's it going? Yeah, great event. I love the venue. And the front stretch wall comes in a little bit. And I was like, hey, over here is like the rumble strips. This is where you want to turn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front right side mirror gets pushed in. I'm like, oh. And I got the fence a little bit. Pull back around to the first person there cheering and laughing his ass off was Ben Kennedy. So I was like, okay. (laughs) The guy paying the bill thought it was funny. I guess we're okay. I might a bill might show up though for that one. We'll see. Priest and I were in the grandstands when you about got it off a of four one time. He got loose like late. It was uh yeah it was dirty up there and I was trying to work the middle end just to like put some rubber down because the track was so green, and yeah I about lost it there. 
but I, I guess Daniel Suarez and Tony Stewart both spun out in that spot. Yeah, yeah. Daniel almost got all the way around, but he was able to catch it, and, and then I think Tony looped it all the way. Yeah, it was so dirty right there. It would just swap ends with you if you weren't ready. But Tony also did that when he was uh, testing at Bowman Gray. He looped it in the, pretty much the same spot. Going for it. Yeah. Going for it. Uh, was it a surprise, Merriman, that RCR rounded out the podium? I would say no. I would say no, but my question to you is, A, do you think Kyle Busch had the C or D car at Gibbs last year, and is the A car at RCR better than the second two cars in the Gibbs stable? I don't think there's a C or D car there. I think they're all A pluses. I think that he was so mentally checked out from just how all the, the contract negotiations were doing. He just felt so undervalued and felt forgotten about that he wasn't going to put forth the effort. And now he's got a chip on his shoulder. Somebody's can drive still, so. Oh, well, good. there was no question. But a plugged-in Kyle Busch is there, – there hardly ain't anybody sure. better. Yeah, he seems – strong. He seems happy and comfortable in himself. Anybody, no matter what business you're in, if you're doing like negotiation time, no matter what or what you're doing, is always yucky, right? Because you, you got people telling you what you're worth. You know what you think you're worth. And when you are millions of dollars separated from what the team wants to pay you from what you've been being paid, that affects you. And you're also going to put forth the effort of what they're going to be paying for. If they're not paying for what your what your perceived value is, Kyle Bush ain't going to give you A-plus Kyle Bush. He's going to show up, do the bare minimum, and keep it moving. But his team is strong, though, too. Randall Burnett, man, is a stud. I mean, they're, they're going to win – they're going to win three or four races this year, at least. How many do you think Austin wins as benefiting from Kyle being there? You think he's got one of the tank? It's like it's yeah. like a it's yeah. like a double edged sword. A, Austin's a a double year guy. It's a double edged sword though because you got Austin. If Austin's a B B guy, I mean Kyle Busch is an A plus guy, so he's racing against that guy in the same stuff. But yeah, he's going to yeah. make everybody's everybody's cars better, and the three cars got a great picker. Yeah. So, I mean. I think Austin gets a dub this year. He won Daytona last year. Yeah, got his way in. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, I think just like uh, Tyler at Texas, uh, you can find your way and get a good pit stop, jump two, three guys, and protect for the last 15 laps. Austin's certainly capable of that, but anybody shoulder to shoulder with a motivated Kyle Busch, good luck, bro, because you ain't going to come out winning that battle the majority of the time. How about him and Joey? He had some mean stuff to say about Joey. Sheesh. Now, Kyle's really – hammered on Joey about being quote-unquote two-faced. Joey's just – he puts a helmet on and he's a killer man. But he also is the nicest guy you'd ever meet outside the car. And you also just know that he's consistently that. Well, He'll Kyle's con- also consistently – He's if dick. he doesn't like he's you, he doesn't like you. Yeah. But K- Kyle can't differentiate if you are the black hat guy, if you are the villain on the racetrack, you have to carry the villain persona to the media. You have to carry the villain persona – to the late model track, to Millbridge, wherever you want to go, like you have to be that guy. And Joey doesn't do that. Joey races like a black hat guy, but he's just a normal, normal dude. Three kids, chilling, likes yeah. cars, like likes hanging out with his buddies. And because Kyle is the opposite of that, he dislikes Joey. It's just a, as a person, right? And but that's that's good for us. It's great that's content, cool. but it gets exaggerated when those guys are on TV chumming it up. Because you have to chum it up. If you're sitting here talking to somebody, you're not going to like be like, no, man, f*** you. I'm about to spin you out here in 20 minutes. Well, I wish they would. Yeah. You know, like. 
why they're not, not going to say that. But why can't you? Because I don't think it was Joey's intention to spin him out. Well, yes, I Most know that. But don't I'm, talk to each other like that. Yeah, like, we do. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. a joke. But like, you're not going to sit there and be like, "Yeah, I'm going I'm to wreck your ass." Yeah, like when it, when it comes down to him, I'll spin you out because yeah. he would. It's not days of thunder. And Kyle would too. You know, like that's just the way. That's just the way it is. And at the other day, there's some people don't get along. Yeah, yeah, they don't. And those guys it. came in young guys, been doing it for more than half their life. Joey said that they, from what Joey said, they got along well when he raced the Gibbs, but they were just never close. Yeah. But, I mean, they did get in a fight at Vegas. Came over and. Joey's got in a fight with a lot of people. I can, I mean, hey, my man goes for it. Joey's never started a fight, though, has he? Well, I guess he did shove Denny at, uh, at Martinsville. Yeah. Yeah. Kicked that one off. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. He handled, he handled, um... Action detrimental. Hair club for men stuff like a boss this weekend. But well, I mean, there was a giant thing that said, ask, ask Joey. Joey. Like, and they did ask him. Yeah. And he's like, hey man, yeah, struggle with alopecia. Just working with hair club for men, they yeah. fixed me up. That's where my hair went. I just gave it to Joey. Locks of love. That's what good friends are for. Yeah. No, but he, I mean, truly and honestly, he did handle that stuff like that. But there's been a lot of just talk, and he's like, he's a pretty confident guy. He's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I would be too if I'm winning two championships yeah. and races and got a wife and three kids. And- talk about my hair. What's up? Yeah, Looks well, good. Yeah. Yeah. Got her, I mean, got something to work with for a change now. I mean, Give my man you, some credit. Like, that's what you got to do when you do something like that is just like lean into it and be like, yeah. Here's what it is. I'm not hiding anything. Because yeah. everybody's going to know. Bro, a lot of people need hair. Yeah. And Joey's a great spokesperson. Two-time yeah. Cup Series champ. My man wants some hair. Give him some hair. Goes to show. And Matt, he's super successful. He's still, he's always been a little bit, you self, know, yeah. self, yeah. Self-conscious about his hair. A lot of people deal with that stuff. And having yeah. him say, look, I deal with it too. Now you can uh, feel confident if you get this done. Boom. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, that's a great example. If you want some hair, you can be like two-time Cup Series champion Joey Logano. Pumped for him. It's just the social media reaction of people like trying to jump his shit. People like, are just haters, man. It doesn't matter what it, it is. is. Well, look, let's. it is very jarring when you see someone who doesn't have a lot of hair all of a sudden show up in a picture with a full head. It's like, it. am I seeing things? Is it Photoshop? What happened here? It, no. I don't, it doesn't have to be mean about it. My but, man's got to do. Hey, looks good. I mean, a lot of. I mean, people spend a lot of money on the plugs and the whole thing. It's, hair club for men's got you dialed in. Look dialed at Joey. In. Look good. Who knew this was going to be a hair club for men? Commercial? <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, they paid you. Yeah, but, but it's, a, but it's been a hot topic. It's yeah. been a pretty hot topic. It's not even on the rundown. But. No, but Joey's hair came up. 
How I about so we can segue from that with another guy from Connecticut? What do you think about Priest's run? Love the run. I mean, had a strong run last year. Pass on the outside. He did. He dude, his stuff was working, and it was working on Saturday night. You could yeah. tell that he was. He probably put together one of the best practices. Qualified bad. Qual yeah, missed in qualifying, but then you could tell that he's like a savvy short track guy. Like couple here, couple there, and then he got like chose the top. He was like sixth, and maybe the twenty four like jammed the bottom, and he rolled the top and got a couple raced back to the caution. And That's his strength. Then he got the you know he he timed the restart great with the twenty three and just kind of put his left rear on his right front. Then it hit him, but just took the drive away and and took the lead and. Said that had a, I think they had a fuel pump go bad. Yeah, I uh, lost a couple spots, but I to me I was like, oh maybe they started on too high air, and the 19 went backwards a little bit. It's like maybe he started on low air and it came to him, but yeah, he said that the fuel pump started going, and that's how much stock do you put into somebody's performance at this this past weekend in L.A. for the overall season? Uh, no, I mean, well, we've done it one time, and the guy who won it won the championship. Yeah. I think it says something about your team because I think there's a lot of adversity and I think there's a lot of opportunity to go, well, it's just an exhibi exhibition and it's stupid. So, you know, let's just clock out and we'll get out of here. So I, I think there's guys that take it serious. And for, for him, it's a big deal with a new team. But it wasn't but, just Priest. Every single SHR car there had speed in it. Yeah. Every one of them. Harvick did. probably Why was, did Eric choose the top? He did it by accident. He didn't know they were choosing. Yeah. Oh, my. He said they <laughs> called it late. And that's like, damn. like That messed his whole race up. I mean, you look at Denny. He Dude, was, he went to like 12th. Well, you look at Denny. He was leading, and he got moved by Dakari Owens, and he wasn't <laughs> able to – he was gone. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Priest, you know, leading, has that trouble, back to ninth, eighth. sits at ninth, and so yeah. you're eighth, you know. But yeah. that that's why the 19 was so good because he kind of just first, third, fourth, back. Yeah. Know. Fuel pumps mechanical or electric in the in those cars? Could be either. They have two though. You have a reserve. Ford Ford's had. They used to have cable driven pumps. I don't know if they do anymore. I'm not sure if they have. Cable Chevy's driven. have Chevy's have uh, electric ones. So they have two. Yeah, you have like a reserve. Both front row cars run out of gas. Some funny business going on there. Some probably some funny business going on there. Was it funny business or was it the fact that because what was the fueling rule after the heat? Elton Sawyer said today on Sirius that they. I don't want to misquote them, but there was opportunity to fill the car, and they shouldn't have run out. That's uh, what that's what this that's what he said on series. If you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, it's a short race. Let's keep the fuel out of it, keep yeah. the weight out of it, right. you know. But you're not gonna expect it to go that many laps. Yeah. Caution. Mm. But people were not happy with McDowell for staying on the racetrack ten laps either. I mean, when he was, you can't running. really get off the track though. It's hard to pull in there. If you can't get, I don't, I didn't see it. If you can't. If you're stuck in the outside lane, is that what happened? If well, he was, the on the inside, he was on the bottom, but if you can't swing it out and turn oh, it right, in, right, right. that was yeah. why they had to throw the caution. Is yeah, he, he was made stuck. the turn and then he's stuck there, yeah. so he can't like you can't back up yeah. onto the tracks. Yeah. Just too sketchy. Do we go back, Chuck? I mean, we're good. I, I I have a hell Chuck. Better hope so. He got t-shirt. Yeah, t-shirt. Got t-shirt. <laughs> no, I mean, do we go back to L.A.? It'd be great if we did. Do we go somewhere else? It'd be great if we did that too. I mean, that. Hang on, it would be great. How do we juice up the attendance because it dropped a bit? I think it was terrible. It, any race that you go to the first time is going to be. So how many? How after many? we go there, not once, not twice, but three times, the, what's the draw to come back a third time? I mean, the, the crowd was decent for the main. What was there? Four, how many people were there? 40,000? 
Probably. It, I mean, the other thing, you, you have the Grammys going off at the same time. Like, not that that – I don't that's think a, the people tuned into the Grammys were tuned into a NASCAR race. But the, I don't think that, those are competing. But that casual fan that you want to get do the walk-up thing in L.A., like come, come buy that ticket day of because that's the type of market that it is. Are they torn by these two different things? I don't know. I got I, – like I was there on Saturday and yeah. I was supposed to stay until like Sunday. I like the show. I, I loved watching it there, but like – there's nothing that I, I don't get to do it much anymore because I'm traveling. There's not much that I like more than sitting down on a Sunday and watching a race. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to get back, but I also, like, was excited to sit down on the couch with my What if it was a Saturday night? It. What if it was a Saturday night show? The, the ratings aren't ever as good. I mean, you look yeah. at the ratings were still double of what they used to be at Daytona. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was a good product on TV. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, there's a couple too many cautions. Maybe we, maybe we go back to, I think but, there's something there with the clash. There's a lot of moving parts with sponsors and getting cars out there, but I think there's something there with pole winners. Like I would almost like to see like a like the pole winners and then like do like a pole shuffle for the guys that are locked in and then like let I think it needs to have be, there be two B mains. It needs to be the 16 playoff cars from the previous year and two two B mains with like three a piece out of that. That's what it needs. Would you have be 22 cars? Now, wait a minute. Would Blaney be in or not? Because he was in for drivers and not for owners. So that'd be 17. I'm sure they'll give a waiver. That's a legitimate I like, question. But yeah. I, like, like, I like the poll winners. Like, who I really, gives a shit about the poll winners? The guys who won the poll give a yeah, shit about it. All nine of them. I mean, there's probably nine or ten guys. It gives you more room to get in, bro. I'm trying to help you. I'm, we, I'm working for you. And how you're much, poo-pooing hey, on me. How much does qualifying pay? Last I checked, it pays zero. I don't know. Have you ever won a poll? Yeah. So how do you know? I, know? I think actually, it does pay like, <laughs> it, it like pays five at, it pays at the end of the year. Uh, yes, I, I wouldn't know. You didn't think? Wait. <laughs> so, like, have you been a driver since the Clash was poll winners? Because uh, like it was cool when you win a poll back, and you're like, oh, we're in the Clash. We're yeah. in the Clash. And like I was with McMurray my first couple of years, and we didn't win like a ton of polls. So like you'd win one and be like, all right, we're we're in the Clash next year. And then there were some years where you didn't, and you missed the Clash, and you were like. Huh, you had to sit there yeah. and watch it. Yeah. So I I did remember watching the clash. Like the Bud Shootout was kind of the ones I recall. Yeah. But and Ben Kennedy had a good thread last night on Twitter Great. where it was like, you know, nothing is set in stone. We're constantly learning about this event yeah. and what we can do to make it better. And like that's the thing that I like about the direction that NASCAR is going. Yeah. Is it's like there were great things from this past weekend. Where there's some things that like, eh, yeah, we can adjust them. Yo, if you're on, if you're one of the guys on Twitter saying that it needs to go to Irwindale, curb that. Like, there's not enough seats there. Just it's mute not going to be. It just stop. Like, it's not. Unfortunately, it's the, dead. The short track racing is cool. Corey and I love short track racing. This is a mainstream sport, and we're not going to make any money if we're short track racing. When in the going to Kern, the spectacle of the Coliseum, even second year walking in, there was like this is amazing. So cool. Yeah. So. There are other places throughout, you know, the country, the world, wherever that we could do this. And we've proven that we can do it. And you go to a new market and you do it. Yeah. You're getting fans there. I think that temporary short track event should change locations every year. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of logistical headache with that, but it needs to go to Dallas, needs to go to parking lot at Mall of America. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, wherever. I mean, you can put temporary state, you can literally take the show. To the markets so that we don't go, whether it's north northwest, whether it's Canada. I mean, you name it. We can take a quarter mile 
walls, catch fence, all the stuff that NASCAR now owns, and pave a track in your backyard. Where would you take it? Uh, you had to pick one place. Da- uh, well, we we already race a lot in Dallas. Um, I'd go to Yankee Stadium. Uh, I Why mean, not? in in the heart of New York. Yeah, in New York would be pretty cool. I don't do know. I don't, I don't know. I don't what think the, you could do the clash then because weather. Yeah, you'd have. to I don't do know what the what the footprint of a baseball field would be, but they play football games <laughs> on that field. Yeah, I think like England. pinstripe. Yeah, ball. but we have to go around a football field. I, I don't think that would work. But that's what uh, they said about the clash in LA. So you just close. Let's go. What let's about? go to I don't, like LaGuardia Airport. You know, what about some, like England? What about like Wimbledon? You know, Did you somewhere. Just say England. 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 Yeah. yeah sprinkle about, tires. I, like, England. I feel like the. I feel like soccer stadiums are bigger than. Maybe we should follow the Olympics every four years in those venues that they build. No. We should just uh, do a world tour. Abu Dhabi. There's a lot of places that it's it's open a can of worms where you can do it wherever. Yeah, and it's yeah. good. But and you know, in the past, we have raced in Japan, we have raced in Australia with Cup guys. So I mean, we've gone international. The Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do it another year there. And I, I, How I do like you, that. What do you change from this year? I'd put the guys to, that win the pole in it probably. That's like, really gonna fill put <laughs> some more butts in the seat. No, like what? How do you get? Because we went from. I'm gonna guess seventy thousand people last last year, tough forty this year. How do you go back to seventy? I don't. I don't. I, it was fifty I mean, percent capacity. Now, if you watched it at the time the heat races went out, it looked bad. But I, the, I looked at it before I left. The feature feature time it was decently full. Yeah, fifty five to sixty percent probably. I think it might have been more than that. I don't know. But I haven't seen the numbers yet, but it looked like to be on optimistic TV, here, it looked full. It didn't look bad. Like if if, if you looked at it in the heat races. It was like oh, that's, what, that's when but I left. That's when my day. Was, that's when my not, day was done. Trying to be the, nice and not being races, like, well, the heat races last year was the same thing. Like there weren't as many people out there, and last year was a little bit warmer. Yeah. During the heat races, so folks were staying out of the sun. You know, I was I came home on Saturday, but I was talking to folks that were there, and they said, you know, the concourse was packed. It was packed last year. Folks came in for the show at the end. Now it wasn't full to capacity, but like when you get those high camera angles like there were a lot of people there that was still a lot of people yeah I got one bone to pick pick it did you do did you watch driver intros or were you gone by then uh i heard i didn't watch it i heard so like if you're a comedian and you're gonna come in and do driver intros do your research and don't like he he did don't not talk do about a, the guy in my car like that he did not do a great job he was just thrown off he thought he was gonna be in a race he, he did not like do some research. Know the names he was looking for his car know there. the names of people he only misspoke one time though didn't he no i think he called like yeah, he t- he said he said a couple things, but if you're gonna do that, take it serious and respect our sport, or don't come at all. That's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, Kyle. Harden because because fun. Mamba could have done a better job than he did, and I'm not. You know, Mamba does a great job. Mamba was out there living his best. Mamba life. was every crushing time that, it. <laughs> every time I saw, he was on the big screen with that Kobe Bryant jersey on next to the DJ. Just yeah. So I'm all about bringing in celebrities Jim and boosting our sport, and you know. <laughs> crossovers and stuff but if they're going to come in here and like if people are going to come in the, come in here and act like they don't care or like not take it serious then we have enough people that but you know what he does take serious and I'm controlled I'm not just talking Fox. about him <laughs> the new show on Fox <laughs> you should watch that because he does take that okay, serious I will I will good little plug for your uh, yeah. your sponsor I wonder if he calls raccoons possums on there you know, <laughs> or trash, research. trash pandas Trash Panda's got – they didn't get a very good show this weekend. I'm the old seven. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. No, I was just saying, if you're coming into our sport to talk about it, know what the hell you're talking about. 
I don't disagree with that. I don't. Didn't bother me. People make mistakes. Just don't be so judgmental. <laughs> lighten up a bit. Lighten up. Let's lighten up in this next segment. <laughs> Boats and woes coming up right after this. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Time for some pit road boats and woes. We had no woes on pit lane this weekend because there's no pit stops. But now we're going to the Super Bowl, the Daytona 500. What are some last-minute preparations you guys are doing leading to the big show? I think the pit box is left, so that was a that's always a big deal. It's kind of a anxious moment to make sure you have everything you need on there. Pack your pit boxes up and then ship them off for 40 weeks because that's your home away from home. So even dumb stuff like making sure you got phone charger on there and your gloves and your you know what whatever you need and and all the equipment because surely whatever you forget is what you will need. So, is there any obscure stuff just from doing it for so long you found you need it? I, I need way less now that it's one lug nut. When you were gluing nuts and doing all that, you needed way more. Um, but, yeah, picks are always important to pull your O-ring out and clean your socket and put them back in. That's something that always kind of walks off like a, like a good pick. And zip ties are super important. You know, like making sure you have enough of that dumb stuff, gun oil. Uh, and I'm always, like, big on – I chew like gum during the race. What kind of gum you chew? Um, Big leaf chew like guy. Trident, like they're green. Maybe it's like uh, spearmint. No, mint. no, no. The problem is if you chew mint gum during the race, you don't want to drink water because it makes your mouth cold. Mm. You ever have that issue? Anybody else? What? No, I can't do it. I you can't got, drink minty cold gum. Mouth? I can't drink mint. I can't. Eat I know minty what gum you're talking about, but water. like it doesn't. Do it. it doesn't bother me it's to that fruity, level. Fruity, yeah. fruity gum for me. So you're not a big league chew guy, though. I mean, I would. They, okay. Like, we go to Texas, and there's a there's like a candy Bunkies? store oh, right yeah. next to Hard Eight. So I'll go in there and get a thing of Big League Chew and pack me a lipa. Dude, I used to th- try to get all an entire pack of Big League Chew in my oh, mouth when I was yeah. playing baseball. Always I like, have too much. <laughs> I looked like a chipmunk. Grape, grape was my flavor with some Big League Chew, bro. But yeah, there's been a lot. Like the rule changes. I even called like Hassler today. Like, help me, help me understand the orange box. Like, is there anything that I can get? myself in trouble with and 
I, I think that's going to be something that comes up, especially Charlotte, Martinsville, um, Bristol. Biggest, though, the way that you take yourself out of the equation of having to deal with a penalty like that is by qualifying good and getting a good pit stall selection. Yeah, pick the only an, way to get an opening, get an opening spot. So is that stuff when you're, you know, when you get a new penalty, like when the rule book gets updated and you guys are going through that, is there stuff that are you sitting down and talking about it, or is it like is there a meeting where everybody gets together and like, all right, we got to make sure we're buttoned up on X, Y, and Z, so this doesn't happen. Yeah, there'll be a, our coaches will go, hey, let's let's just cover this. This is what it is. It's usually a film review, and we don't really do much film review in season or in the off season. But yeah, it's like, hey, you know, this is what we've got going on. This is what the new rule is. Un- make sure you understand it. This is the crash clock. We'll go through some damage stuff and understand like who's doing what, so you're not just a deer in the headlights. Um, but a lot of times nowadays, with the divide in a pit crew and a road crew, it's just mainly the jack man and a changer that goes out. Whatever corner's broken, and the the road crew does most of the work, um, just because they've got a plan with tow links and know the length of them and where everything needs to be and the guys that are training for that every day are the ones that need to go out there and fix it. Do they practice that? Like, do they practice? Um, I think at times, like it's not like pit practice where they do it every week, but if if they get in and find themselves in like a situation, I think there's times, there's definitely teams that are, well, all right, we got seven minutes, let's go. It's hard to replicate the racetrack, but like truly and honestly, there was a time where we fixed the tow rank with Blaney and had like 20 seconds to spare. And it would have knocked us out of an early round of the playoffs if we didn't do it. So it's about having, you know, good guys that have been in that situation before that don't panic. It's like a huge, yeah. is a huge part of it. So, yeah, you're just buttoning up the new lug nut. They had a new lug nut and it went away. Um, they had a new socket designed and it went away. They just found that the old stuff was better. So that was kind of a last minute change. And it did change the way we had to change tires in practice. So I'm happy that they kind of went back to the old stuff because the old stuff last year, the end of the year was a non-issue. If the wheel fell off, it's just merely because it wasn't tight. Um, where we started the year and we weren't really clear on all that, by the end of the year we figured it all out. So to change that again and go back into a season with unknowns, especially when you get to the West Coast and you really don't have the parts to fix it, I'm happy that they went ahead and changed that back. Um, so you, so the beginning of the year should look a lot like the end of the year last year with the floor, like the fastest pit stop will be will be lower. I think the times will be faster. That's moving and grooving, Chuck. I think you'll see some eight-second stops this year. Jeez, that that just – so for the Hall of Fame induction stuff, I was putting together some stuff on Kurt Schomerdine and just like when they were winning the pit crew competition back in the 80s and it was what, like 25, 26 – like just the amount of time that it took to yeah. do everything on that car. Yeah. And like to me, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, and now you're saying eight seconds, like the whole like sub ten. And and those like, boys thought they were flying. He was yeah. wearing he was wearing a, a shirt at race service at what is it up gone and in sixteen gone seconds. In sixteen seconds. Yes. I said, well, sometimes I still do that, and that's slow now. Like that. That's like, not. That's, that's like you, you get fired. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's two pit stops. Yeah. So how big? I know we we talk about this often about you know if you're rattling off an eight second pit stop, you can't get a tank of tank of fuel full. Road courses with no stage breaks. How, I mean, have you guys thought about how critical that's going to be to make sure that, you know, you're 
full. I mean, you just run. You just run it backwards. You run the race backwards. Yeah, and depending on when the cautions fall, to go back to what it used to be. Um, but you're gonna have to sit there and hold somebody. If you do an eight second stop, you're gonna have to hold the car. Yeah, you'll wait on fuel, and you'll just run it backwards. And okay, how much fuel can we get? You you know how much fuel you got to put in to take a full can or have to get the distance to finish a race, right? Like that's why crew chiefs make a lot of money now. Yeah, and there's only there's only a few races where you'll be waiting on fuel like that, and it, it is a thing. But you, Michigan Pocono, speedways, whatever, the road courses that we go to, and then speedways, um, in the playoffs, it might you might run into it at Texas, but it's not like the rate you know races that you go to where you're where you're having to get it, and that's most of them. Yeah, and that'll be everything on the West Coast that we go to for sure. Uh, so right away after Daytona, it'll be, and and Daytona is a race where. If you come out on that last stop, you got to be the guy leading your manufacturer lane, especially now with choosing. Yep. Especially now where you can choose. Do you like that, that you can I do. choose there? Yeah. What's what's that going to – at Daytona and Talladega that you – like? I, what's that going to do? I like it just because you won't get those games where two teammates line up on the – like the leader chooses the top and his teammates on the front row then jams the bottom lane up, right, to – to blend in, but you still do it. If you're smart, you to. still do that, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. smart and you're the leader, and you got, you you know, your teammate picks the, you pick the top, your teammate picks the bottom, and yeah. all, the, you know, all the Fords line up behind you, all the Chevys line up behind you. But yeah, it's it dude, choosing adds a whole other element of strategy that you have to prepare for. For sure. Well, because you have to you have to know probabilities of what lane goes when. Yeah, you're not just you're, guessing blindly at what lane's shorter. No, you, How much is that? You is, know probabilities. You know where your teammates are lining up. You know at what point of the race what lane goes. Which And also, by the end of it, when the pay window opens up, you have a feel for which cars are leading the lanes well. How how long it takes the top lane to get energy relative to the bottom lane. Is that three laps? Is that two laps? Um, so you'll have a feel for that because it, it's not straightforward. It's uh, – 51-49 choice a lot of times. Who's doing the legwork on that? Is it the driver, the crew chief, or the spotter? Yes. Yeah, all of them. I think I think a lot of teams, like I think Coleman Presley does a lot of work on that for Joey. Um, but, yeah, they get, I mean, it's just like anything else. The good guys are the great. The great yeah. guys are working on it hard, and the good guys maybe aren't working on it that hard. Yep. But. I mean, it's at the end of the day, the greenway checker to the restart with five or six laps to go to Speedway is won by the first four cars first two rows of cars you can pretty much guarantee that's where your winner's coming from and it's just a matter about timing your runs right getting the right push at the right time and hopefully uh you picked it right speedway races now are always won by the cars that and there's probably five of them right that can lose track position and still get back to the front and you can just pencil the 11 and the 22 in there yeah the two car did it last year the 12 car has been good at it, but like the 11 and the 22 are the most aggressive and they always have fast cars that if they lose track position, they find their way they back. They find their way back. And like the 12 has been knocking on the door so much and even the 23 that like. Bubba's been good on speedways. You, you can, those are two guys that can be really good. You got to be aggressive. Track position at the end of those things are, you got to have it. Gotta you got to be in front to win. I don't know. Last time I checked. Yeah, and even if I mean, it is, even if it is, even if it is just a right side stop or fuel only, you that last stop at the Daytona 500, you have to execute. Yep. So and that, you know you see a lot of penalties or people you know making mistakes or just saying, oh, it's a speedway stop, take our time. That's not the case on that that last one. You know what the worst kept secret in the garage was? Harvick to the booth next year. 
I believe I said that in my banquet red carpet breakdown. He already had his suit looking like he was ready to announce the Daytona 500 in 2024. <laughs> so congrats to... Kevin Harvick, I think he's he's going to bring a good balance to the to the booth. He's going to be considerably more serious than Clint is. I think Clint's great. He's going to offset that with some technical knowledge. And Mike Joy is just a staple. Been up there for two decades. Looks like he can do it for two more decades. Yeah, I like it. I think you're right with that balance. Like hearing him and Clint in the past, like when they're sitting there. Yeah, I think it was toward. I think it was during the last chance qualifying races. He was in the booth with Clint for a little bit and I think is that where they announced it they I don't remember if it was then or if it was on like a pre-race I think it was a pre-race stage I think I feel like he was sitting down either way but the the dynamic between him and Clint was noticeably good in my opinion I think it's important to keep him around too for yeah. sure I mean love him or hate him you you kind of he's not pulling punches and if he doesn't think something he's not going to say it so he's not going to sit up there and bs not many people have as much knowledge as he does of the sport right he's <sighs> championship driver championship team In, owner yeah right owns a marketing agency pretty much like he's he's got every base covered now he's raising a kid through the sport and it, it was during the pre-race because they played for him uh piper piper, piper. they played it was it was him or her and delana were saying you know thank you for going to the booth and they didn't know that uh he Kevin didn't know that they were going to play that and I think he makes more money caught him a little off guard no yeah you don't no, think so no he makes a lot of money I don't know if Tom Brady's about to make a lot more money in the booth dude I yeah don't, but, I don't but think... Harvick sells his own sponsorships and stuff like that so yeah and like you said that management company that's what's making him some uh... also while he's doing that Keelan Harvick's just hanging out in Monza over in Europe Did you see I don't that think he's just hanging out I think he's getting after well, it yeah man. he's racing that's some real deal racing over there so good good to him I heard he went Dug himself a hole in well, qualifying yeah. and got up front. A couple different times. Yeah. He uh back to back to Harvick, he said that he works all year driving race car. He only has to work half a year. Yeah. Working for Fox, right? So yeah. he's not gonna work half as long and get paid, I wouldn't assume, the same amount. But who knows? Everyone negotiates their own deal. How much I mean, Kevin Harvick's a valuable asset, whether he's behind the wheel or in the booth. Pay the man what he wants. Damn it. Pay them. Pay the good man. Pay the good man. Speaking of paying man, we got some penny for your thoughts questions, Chuck. About time we had a couple roll in. Hit me with them. All right. No, we need Jane. Yeah. Jane! To... We haven't had any. Get in here and read me some questions. We are back with more Penny for Your Thoughts questions this season. And our first one comes from Logan Zachary. And he says, every time we hear a car shift and accelerate on the broadcast, it sounds like very electronic, almost like an EV. I noticed this last year on mainly pit road leaving to make qualifying. Is this the transaxle? Ding, 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 Logan. Uh, that's exactly what it is. I believe it's just the the lash in the transaxle, there's a lot of stuff going on back there with gears and clutches and whatnot. So, yes, the transaxle is very whiny, if you will. Uh, it does kind of sound like an EV. There's no EV or hybrid component back there yet, even though it is built for it. Eventually, to take a hybrid motor uh, uh, bolted onto the transaxle. So, interested to see uh, what avenue they go down there. But, yes, nothing like an... Nothing on there electric at the moment. 
but with the opportunity to go there in the future, then it would definitely sound like an EV. But right now, it's just transaxle making a whole bunch of noise. Our next question comes from 21MZ3 Turbo, and they say, what race are you looking forward to the most this season? The next one, because this past one sucked. Uh, Daytona 500 is always special, man. I can't wait to get down there to see the palm trees blowing in the wind, drive through that, not the big tunnel, the small tunnel, and uh, scope it out there. Driving the bus down there, Chuck, on Tuesday. Excited about that. You're not driving that one through the small tunnel. No. You're driving that uh, one through the big tunnel. I'll drive through the big tunnel, but I'll definitely that make thing sure. wouldn't make it through there. Would it? It wouldn't make it. Through I feel there. like the small tunnel. I feel like tractor trailers could fit through there. Maybe not. No, 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 I, no, no. the angle's too sharp. Yeah. I jump the minivan out of it every time we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Danny Hamlin ripped the door off his Tahoe, a suburban a rental car out there. This I think this was two years ago. <laughs> he was parked right next to me to deal a lot. And next morning, I walk up I'm like Jesus. What you, Darlington striped this thing. He caught the the damn guardrail in that tunnel and ripped the whole right side door <laughs> off of it. <laughs> then he just dropped it off at the uh, airport and left. Um, my problem. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I guess Atlanta, we've ran well there a couple times. We've got two opportunities in the regular season to try to punch our ticket into the playoffs. And also, hopefully we don't need it, but they dropped that top 30 points rule, which even if we won Atlanta last year, we would have been outside the top 30. So it's opened up. We have the opportunity to try to go throw Hail Mary and punch her way in the playoffs and really hurt some feelings. So um, probably Atlanta. Speedways are fun. Any of them. Any of them that my car drives good and we can drive to the front and have a good day is what I'm looking forward to. Hmm. And our last question comes from our good man Higgy in the back. He wants to know, Mike Joy mentioned someone at Stafford back in the day would practice running the top to gain an advantage when talking about Priest during the Clash broadcast. What is the advantage, if any, to do that in simulations or during practice at certain racetracks with primarily one racing lane? Um, I think that's very situational uh, because the track doesn't get rubbered in generally in the second groove until later in the race. That's why we saw Ryan be able to take advantage of that outside lane because it did have a, a little bit of grit. But in the heat races, in the LCQ, the, the middle lane has zero rubber on it. But yeah, you want to make sure just a bigger radius of the corner when you roll the top is advantageous for your car setup. There's really You're not going to set your car up for that. You just kind of want to get some visual cues, how to load the right front tire up a little bit differently when you run the middle. So you can't execute it if you don't try it, whether that's in the simulator, whether that's in practice, because you shouldn't just assume to try it for the first time on a green-white checkered, and hopefully it works. That, but that, like, when they're talking about Stafford, you would maybe run the top to save your tires, right? Like, so you're not pinching the car. Is that what they may be talking about? Because now there's no saving tires in cup racing barely anymore. No. You run her as hard as she goes. Darlington, you, you kind of pace a little bit, but not really. But well, if you were to move up out of the rubber – like Darlington or yeah. like Martinsville during COVID. Yeah. Like if you get, if you got out of the rubber, if you were the first car up there putting rubber down, it was like a cheese grater on your tires. Yeah. Well, the story they were talking about on the broadcast was, was it Ron Bouchard? Yeah. yeah. Basically being one of Priest's idols who would practice running the top because he knew that if he was going to, he was going to have to end up making a pass on the top because you can't pass cars where they are unless okay. you run into them. So that was the context of, and Mike Joyce set it up. I mean, it was, 
is almost like he knew what was going to happen. Okay. It was like, hey, he, you know, Ron Bruchard, Talladega winner, was one of Ryan Priest's, you know, favorite drivers growing up. He would run the top, and you see Priest is running the top, trying to, you know, figure out how he could do okay. it to get around, around the car, basically practicing the top lane to make his car work there so he could make the move without, you know, tearing his stuff up. Yeah. Was that in the feature? In the feature, yeah. literally – Joyce said Ron Bruchard's name. He used to run the top, run the top here, and then all of a sudden, on that restart, Priest just gets it done. You can take advantage of the of the jam up into into the corners, whether that's into three at Martinsville, and you can roll the top. But obviously, the bottom lane is the dominant lane, preferred lane. But if you can, you can kind of roll and pinch and try to just upset the guys on the bottom's ability to put the gas down to be able to get that little bit of of edge. But then you got to get right back down to the bottom, right? So you can use it for a corner or two to try to get out. And Ryan Priest did a great job of that. Welcome back to the show, Ryan Priest. He was on a stack of pennies last week and doing big things on the weekend. So excited to bang some doors with him this year. Excited to uh, talk to you guys each and every week. Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, comment, do all the things. Continue to tweet at us, hashtag penny for your thoughts. And we're going to be talking to you down in Daytona. Penny Stackers of the Week. We do have a Penny Stacker of the Week. Is it that guy that called us scumbags? Ooh. Oh, we, <laughs> we were eating breakfast burritos in the park at downtown LA. There's some nice ones out there. One guy just walked by us, home, obviously a homeless guy. Nice food, scumbags. Like, he looked right into our souls. <laughs> scumbags. Yeah. Like, How'd you know? And then I almost ran over poop on the sidewalk. On a lime scooter. On a lime scooter. Uh, that guy was a penny stacker of the week. Didn't get his name. Didn't really want to have a conversation <laughs> with him. He was not. He was not friendly. Also, another guy. We we take the fuel stop in Oklahoma City on the way back because it's a two legger, right? So you fly from L.A., stop somewhere in the middle, and f- finish the trip. Sitting there, it's like one o'clock in the morning, right? All I want to do is just like use the bathroom and get back on the plane. And I'm talking to Sparks, and I hear some guy, JJ, JJ, and JJ Yaley was on our flight with the Rick Ware guys. And I'm like, would somebody answer the damn man? Like, Jay, where the hell is J.J. Yaley at to, like, answer this freaking guy? He's got his whole setup out. He's got cars. He's got pictures. He's got the whole thing in the FBO at 1 o'clock in the morning. Dedicated. J.J.'s nowhere to be found. J.J. J.J. So I turn around and look at the guy. He's talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... And he's like, oh, he gets excited when I turn yeah. around. JJ, JJ. And he whips out this arc, this IROC car with JJ Yaley. I'm like, I'm not JJ Yaley, guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've gotten a lot. I didn't think that, like, I thought you were talking about JJ Haley, Jimmy Johnson. Don't call him that anymore. Like, it was by Justin. I don't know how you could change your name halfway through your cup career, but whatever. Um, Pulsitter, by the way, laid a heater down. Yeah. So that's Celsius he was drinking. It must have been. It didn't work because I was drinking it too and my shit was slow. Uh, so he legitimately thought I was J.J. Yaley. And then he was pretty let down to find out that I wasn't. Uh, so he didn't get his car signed. He was, I don't know, I hope he wasn't posted up there all night waiting on J.J. Yaley's signature. Like, that, that's my question is like, was he just a huge J.J. Yaley fan? Clearly if he was, not. If he Clearly was, not. I, I mean, okay. no offense. J.J. Yaley. Like, my man had a J.J. Yaley IROC car. So yeah. of course he's a fan. Didn't know what he looked like, obviously. Uh, Didn't I know J.J. Yaley ran IROC. Yo, J.J. Yaley yeah. stud in a USAC yeah. car. Oh, yeah. he made it on the give USAC him, give, him his, give him his due. Oh, for yeah. sure. I'm not taking anything away from J.J. Put some respect on that man's name. 
but I mean, no offense, he's a little bit older than you, and your height's a little bit different. A foot, a height, yeah, ten years difference. Probably 65 pounds. Can J.T. Yaley even grow a beard? Wait, you got 65 on Don't him, so. or does he have 65 on you? I've got 65 on him. Okay. I'm 200. <laughs> He's probably a buck 35. It's not that little. J.T. Yaley's a tiny guy. J.J. Little's a, He's not JJ, that small. You gotta call him J.J. Little. J.J. Yaley's an average size man. He is a 180 pounds at least. No, he yes. might be a buck 50. Oh, come on. He might be a buck 50 soaking wet. So that guy with the J.J. Yaley IROC car, he is the penny stacker of the week. I appreciate that. Start calling you JJ for now. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, That's all I got. That's all I got. You can you can have the baseball, but I'm keeping the pistachios. If I had a dollar for everybody <laughs> that says that they should have brought me some pistachios, I have like I don't know one a week. Right. Don't bring me pistachios, even though I like. Fifty dollars a year. Okay, I'm over it. Right. Talk to y'all next week. <laughs>